And welcome to AFL Rewind, a look back at all things arena football, brought to you by Phenom Elite. I am Tim Capper. I got the full crew with me this time around, Ben Fratinale. <coughs> Sorry. Jeez. <laughs> John Stark. <laughs> uh, actually, it's the pollen. Um, oh, allergies yeah, yeah. kicking okay. up. All, all kidding aside, though, we, obviously the, the main thing is that we want to make sure that everybody is safe. Um, please, uh, you know, this is just a strange time. Hopefully it's just a blip in the history of, of our lives. And, and I, I've said, guys, many a time that, um, at least around here and to my friends, it's like, you know, we'll look back hopefully in, in you know, March and April of 2021 and look back and say, what a messed up year 2020 was. But, uh, you know, at least we have stuff like this to, to look back on and hear about. You know the the different stories that, and from the players and executives from the Arena Football League, and uh, uh, it's it's you know it, it's our our pleasure to bring the stories out to the masses, right? Yeah, it's funny you were. Uh, it's funny that the AFL stuff in general in the context of of COVID, because it's like you know we were talking about this the other day, the idea that the season would not have happened and the AFL would have folded regardless of yeah. the lawsuit. Now, like like now, it's yeah. just like a predetermined thing that happened. It's obviously every sports league is affected by this, but the AFL was already on such thin ice. Like this definitely would have been the dagger. And yeah. Uh, yeah. it's just in very strange right. when you think of it exactly. like that. Yeah. Yeah. I won't. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, as you're saying, if the league had still been around, we would this have been the death knell is we just don't know. We just don't know. It, it, it is what, you know, it, I guess <laughs> did did it help in a way? I mean, <laughs> to guess that that the it sounds seems strange. Well, to say, in the but... see in the simulation, the AFL was supposed to be folded, so <laughs> the sim will always provide alternate sort of realities for us. And you know, so, unfortunately, this was the decision that was made by the computer. So, so and do you, do you think the Arena Football League would have started doing e games from uh, from uh, Road to Glory on on the, on the internet or TV? If someone could have figured out a way to convert the uh, composite to HDMI than possibly. Oh, I know, I know. If we could have gotten this from 720 to 1080, we'd be smooth sailing. <laughs> <laughs> but alas, yeah. we're in SD now. Yeah, I want to thank everybody who uh, listened to the last episode. Uh, we love getting we're, the feedback that we're getting is just uh, phenomenal. And uh, again, as I've said, I think almost every episode, uh, we're here to uh, to get you guys the stories uh, from everybody from across the Arena Football League and. And Ben, we have uh, an interesting one uh, this episode. It's a it's a gentleman who wasn't around that long in the AFL, but he did make a name for himself. Isn't that right? That's right. We have Sir Malachi Jones recently knighted um, wow. by the Royal Empire of Arena Football History. Um, uh, a, f- a flash of brilliance that Malachi exhibited in his short stint in the AFL, but Certainly, if his career had continued in the league, he would be known as one of the greatest to do it because he, upon you know hitting the field for the first time, literally hit the ground running. I yeah. mean, immediately became an iconic figure in the league and someone who was very clearly like a next level type of player that was uh, presumably headed to the NFL, and we'll see that could very well still happen. Um, he had uh, an incredible Arena Bowl championship winning season last year, and basically there was no shortage of accolades that were heaped upon him 
during his his stint. So yeah, yeah. It, we it, got to know him very well. Obviously, we did a documentary Malachi mm-hmm. and told his story. And I'm excited tonight to uh, ask him a few more questions yeah, about I mean, his th- time. Th- with th- this is a guy who you know, in, even though he started off in another one of the indoor leagues, he came in basically as a rookie of the year and he just as you said all those accolades all the way through he just he was in you know the major uh, a major award winner for the for the you know for the two years that he was in the arena football league and uh we can only imagine what's going to be coming next uh you know so um john what's uh, what what's one of your before we we talk with malachi what's what's one of your your favorite memories of malachi in the two years that he was he was in the league well it's hard to talk about if anyone remembers that goose. Um, <laughs> when, when, honestly, when Ben and I traveled up to Albany to work on the documentary that Ben was working on mm-hmm. for 50 Yard Dash, uh, and just really spending some one-on-one personal time with him and getting to know him better as a human and as a person and instead of just what he did on the field, I think that was definitely my favorite memory and, uh, and or interaction with him. Yeah. 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 It's pretty unusual. Like the context of Malachi Jones is so unusual just for me personally. Um, and for John too, because we were together for so much of this. Yeah. The fact that the very first game he played was such a major important game for the league and so it was documented so thoroughly and like he had such an iconic moment in that game. And then from then on, the Empire were such a major story in the league. Uh, I feel like I shot like 90 percent of his games. I mean, like I, I, I don't think I've covered an individual as closely as Malachi just because, you know, I was doing the documentary. I was shooting a lot of Empire games, seeing it through from the first game to the final game, mm-hmm. what ultimately ended up being the final game. Uh, was was really unusual and awesome and like what a great in a person to have to be following like that i mean i'm sure we'll we'll find out in this interview coming up but um he's a really really great person and just one of the best personalities in the league and extremely kind and sort of just being along with him during that journey was super surreal and and awesome yeah uh, to add to that real quick Mm -hmm. uh Sometimes I wish that when I see other guys from the league like Joe Powell or Jake Payne saying like, hey, who wants to play some Xbox or some Call of Duty? Sometimes I wish Malachi was doing that, too, because I want to do that. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 That, but that, he's notoriously Animal Crossing only, so we just have no choice. <laughs> Got to get that Nintendo friend code, apparently. Yeah. Goddamn. Either that or, either that or, oh, no, they don't do the uh, the uh, the Xbox thing anymore to where we could get him to play a game of, uh, of Road to Glory, could we? <laughs> oh, man, no. I wish. There's no – that's a real bummer. I mean, the AFL by one year missed the, like, online, uh, like, next generation platform. That's true. Yeah. Which would you know would have been sweet to get a PS3 game. But what are we gonna do? I know. So uh, well, we have we have time. We should just do that now. Yeah, sure. Why not? Um, <laughs> hey, do you, we'll ask Malachi this question also when we speak. With him. Do you do both of you think that if he had been in any other city, he would have been as big of a star as he was in the two years in the in the AFL? Yeah, I mean, I think he. I mean, if you look at like Fabian Guerra for an example, good point. Uh, I would argue, you know, despite being on one of the worst teams in the league that we've seen in many years, he was still like the star besides Malachi, probably yeah. in terms of like hot young talent. So yeah. I think the Albany narrative was so strong it made it like way better, and especially because they won the Arena Bowl right. uh, the second year. But yeah, I think it's it's he still would have stood out, and if he had a, I mean, if he had Grant Russell, I don't know. 
Yeah, Grant Russell. I mean, he had Tommy Grady throwing him the ball. So that's like, true too. You know that. Well, that, well, yeah. Grant Russell did throw all those touchdowns to Fabian on his birthday. Exactly. I know. I know. I mean, yeah, yeah that's true. You know, not, not nothing. Not knocking Grant Russell necessarily. But <laughs> yeah, just, like, I was just thinking back. Like that was yeah. a game, and I that can't believe one of the most we were there. Yeah. Oh yeah! Wow. For that, and, yeah. and all three yeah. of us being there too just to see that yeah. game it was yeah. it was just amazing um uh, want to remind everybody that if you want to make any suggestions to us on who you'd like to see on any future episodes of the podcast uh, you can email us over at uh, afl rewind at arena fan.com uh, all the emails will go to john uh, ben and myself and uh we'll be able to see if we can get some of those people on on some of the future episodes uh, this episode, we have a gentleman who had made a name for himself in, in only two years in the Arena Football League. The guy came away with accolades in, in, his, in both years. Uh, I guess the, and, but I think the easiest way to describe this gentleman is Arena Football Champion Malachi Jones. Hey, Malachi, thanks for joining us. Nah, thank you guys for having me, man. You know, it's great to hear from you guys, and you know, great to have the opportunity to be to be on the show. Uh, let's start off about your your early career, uh, in, in football itself, Malachi, uh, you know, everybody who knows about your story knows that you've come from a a large family of, uh, you know, your siblings playing sports and stuff like that, all your family actually playing sports. Um, what, uh, uh, when it came to, to football, since many may not know what got you into football originally? Just uh, the fact that my dad played, you know, for the, for those that don't know, you know, my dad played at the university in Notre Dame. Uh, back in the late 80s, was part of that last national title team with Lou Holtz, Rocket Ishmael, all those guys that the list goes on from that roster. And then uh, my dad spent some time in the NFL. Uh, he was drafted by the Steelers in the 91 draft and then spent some time with the Detroit Lions. And then uh, also the Winnipeg Blue Bombers of the Canadian Football League. So uh, I grew up in a football household. You know, he transitioned to representing athletes um, after his football career. So I remember growing up and there we would have guys prepping for their pro days in the combine that would come stay with us, come hang out uh, because my dad represented them. So, like I said, just grew up in a football household, a sports household. And, uh, you know, it was great. Was it was football a sport that you were uh, coaxed into, pushed into, or was it something that you always wanted to do based on that your dad had played football before in the past? Uh, it was always something I wanted to do just because, you know, growing up and just seeing you know, all the people my dad was connected to, you know, like I said, the Rocket Ishmaels, the Ricky Waters, the Jerome Bettises. I mean, the the list goes on. And just being around those guys and hearing their stories and just kind of just being a fly on the wall when they would all get together and, and hang out and kind of reminisce. You know, it was something that I wanted to do. You know, my dad had a has a bin full of jerseys just from guys that he's played with and guys he's represented. You know, I've just... I just fell in love with it. You know, I also appreciate the fact that every time there was uh, wear your favorite jersey to school day, I had a plethora to choose from. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, just like I said, growing up in a football household and, you know, literally every weekend, especially when Notre Dame was playing, my dad was glued to the television. And um, like I said, man, it was just something I wanted to do, something I knew would make myself happy because I just loved it as much as my, my father and my siblings as well loved it. So, yeah. Were you always a wide receiver, even as a kid? No. So I remember rec ball league. I was number 11 playing right tackle. Hell yeah. <laughs> and then I would switch over and play cornerback. And then uh, in middle school, I played running back all throughout. 
And then I transitioned like full time into playing receiver uh, eighth grade. And then from that point on, uh, that was basically the only position I played in high school. I spent a little bit of time playing DB my sophomore and junior year, but uh, priority position was definitely uh, wide receiver. Why did you uh, why did you choose App State to go play ball in college? Just because I felt it was the best fit for me at the time. You know, I had an absolute pleasure on my official visit, just going up there and, and hanging out with the guys. And, you know, Coach Moore at the time, who was the head coach, you know, is one of my favorite coaches to this day. You know, and just everything that he brought to the program, everything that the program was about uh, really stuck with me. You know, they run the spread offense, you know, four wide, which is something that obviously as a receiver is a dream come true when it comes to playing in an offense. So, and then just the area itself, man, you know, I grew up in the suburbs and uh, Boone, North Carolina is absolutely beautiful. Uh, campus is literally in between two mountains. So it was quite the change of scenery for me. But I mean, I absolutely fell in love with the town uh, my entire time up there, man. So where was App State the only place that contact they were that had interest in you or just so for those who may have not known? We don't know either. Did, were you could you have been a Buckeye? Could you have been, a, a, you know, a Tiger at Auburn or a Crimson Tide? Or did any other a, a university reach out to you? Yeah. So I actually going into my senior year, I did not have a single offer um, and going after my senior season did not have a single offer. And it wasn't until the first week of playoffs that. Uh, Presbyterian College gave me the first offer, and then the other ones came. Um, the other schools off the top of my head, I, I had seven. I know I had seven total offers. Okay, I want to say it was at Presbyterian, Georgia Southern, uh, William and Mary, Louisiana Monroe, Sanford, and Chattanooga, and then I had a preferred walk on uh, like opportunity with the University of Notre Dame if I elected to wow. to do that. Okay. So, Interesting. So, so you could have actually, you could have played, possibly played where your dad had played. Uh, uh, absolutely. You know, and, and I thought about it, you know, just because my brother TJ was there at the time as well. So I always thought it would be uh, great just to link up with him again and play. Um, but ultimately, you know, I wanted to relieve my mother of the financial burden of mm -hmm. having to pay for school. Mm -hmm. uh, my father had passed away right before I went into my senior season. So uh, I didn't want that unnecessary pressure of having to worry about finances as far as college goes on her. So, and then obviously, like I said, Appalachian State was great. You know, they they rolled out the red carpet for me. They really made me feel like I was at home. And uh, like I said, I'm very pleased with my decision to this day. Um, when you look at the at your career as a, as a pro, uh, obviously, I mean, first day, if anybody has seen your highlights, any of your highlights from App State, they know why you are as good, and I think Ben in general will agree with me, as good as we see you, because you are a very good wide receiver. Um, uh, what um, when it came to the Falcons in, in sixteen, um, I, I, you didn't make the roster. I mean, I can't. I'm looking here. Were you? Were you? Uh, preseason fodder like some players can be, or, or did they actually give you a chance to try to make the team for the Falcons in 16? Yeah, so in 16, I, I signed a free agent deal. Okay. Um, you know, and a lot of people thought it was like a tryout, such and such, but no, I, I signed a legitimate like free agent deal. I got a signing bonus, nice. which is why I was excited to to see what was going to happen with Atlanta, but shortly after rookie minicamp, um, they decided to release me, and it was something along the lines of they wanted they wanted like slot receivers, like kind of like that built, obviously being six two, six three. Right. Um, 
you know, they were very like pleased with what they had. I think they had like Muhammad Sanu and obviously Julio Jones and a couple bigger bodies already. So they, uh, they were focusing more on that slot shifty guy. So, but yeah, I mean, unfortunately it didn't, it didn't work out with the Atlanta Falcons, but you know, obviously very happy, um, and blessed to even have the opportunity to sign an NFL contract straight out of college. So were you uh, were you when it came to the early to the 2016 draft had you were there uh, hopes that you would get drafted or had you did you feel personally did you feel that you weren't on the depth you know uh, within the, the depth chart in order to get drafted within the was it six rounds for the, for the NFL draft now or whatever it is uh, seven seven yeah I mean yeah. was it was it a disappointment not to get drafted no I mean I understood uh, the situation I was in you know I think the pro day that I had kind of crept me into the possibly later rounds. Um, I definitely knew for a fact I was going to go like highly preferred free agent. Um, But yeah, man, I I knew exactly the situation I was in. I knew I only could build uh, from a great pro day performance. And with the pro day that I had, especially with the 40, I remember I ran four, four, seven, and that was a number that a lot of teams weren't expecting to see. So Um, but yeah, no, I was just, whatever opportunity was presented to me in the NFL draft, whether I was drafted or free agent or tryout, you know, I was just going to be happy with the opportunity to get a chance to play. Um, and that's all I was concerned about. Um, in 20, 2017, uh, you started your indoor football career, uh, with uh, the, the high country Grizzlies of the NAL. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, that's that's very close to where App State is. Is that right? It's literally on campus. Oh, okay. So <laughs> we played in the basketball arena. Which oh, I, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> literally played in the basketball arena, which I thought was great because I always wanted to shoot hoops in there. <laughs> and I ended up, ended up scoring touchdowns. So. <laughs> was it? And you were, you were working at a marketing firm at that point, right? Yes. So after I got released from the Falcons, I went through a stint of workouts that summer and nothing materialized. And I kind of started once I kind of like heard the phone wasn't ringing anymore from my agent as far as like feedback goes. I started prepping for my off the field life and had the opportunity to work at a marketing marketing agency uh, in Alpharetta, Georgia, White House Advertising. And uh, for about six months, and it gave me the opportunity to really dive into what I want to do when I'm done playing, which is graphic arts. Uh, and that's what I went to school for. So, but yeah, you know, prior to my stint with High Country and going back to school at App, uh, I was working uh, in Atlanta. So, all right, Alpharetta. How would you how would you consider the the NAL? Uh, and I'm I'm not talking when it comes to player wise, but I mean. What was your experience like playing in uh, indoor football for the very first time? Uh, it was very unique. Um, I would definitely say that, you know, being a part of my first year playing arena football, being a part of a new league, um, you know, it was very exciting because I didn't really know what to expect. You know, I had never ran in motion the way I was doing prior to it. So I definitely saw it as a challenge that I wanted to, uh, take like head on and make the most of it. But I absolutely enjoyed it, man, just because I had the opportunity to come back to the place that I played my college ball at and it drew a crowd. You know, a lot of people I stayed in touch with from app, whether it was fans, uh, professors, administrators, former teammates. I mean, you know, uh, coaches, you name it. 
And it was just nice to kind of just be back. I felt like I was in college again, like all over again, just because I literally was playing exactly on campus. You know, I was going to school in the morning and then going to games and practice in the evening. You know, it was a a great time, though. Okay. Um, You did very well, obviously, in 2017. You were the the NAL's Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, Being that it was your first year in professional football, uh, what was your... What, what were your thoughts on, on getting that prestigious award in the NAL? Um, you know, I was very blessed, man. Very pleased with the fact that the uh, the league awarded me with that. You know, I always say it's a team effort. Uh, it's a team award, and I'm just an individual recipient. You know, obviously, I wouldn't be able to do the things I do without the quarterback getting me the ball, uh, the offensive line doing their job, and then obviously the receivers doing their part along with the defense. So, uh, it was a great feeling, man, just because it was my first taste of pro- uh, professional football, and I knew what I had to do going in to get the opportunity to possibly go back outside. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just felt like I did everything that I could on and off the field. You know, I was very uh, very pivotal in the community. I-, I love being in the community and things like that, man. So, But, yes, like overall, uh, I was very pleased and, and very excited. And, uh, yeah. How did you end up going from the NAL to the AAL the, for a short period of time, the Atlantic Havoc? I, I don't follow the, uh, the, indoor, you know, the other indoor uh, leagues as closely as I did the Arena Football League. Did High Country still exist in 2018, or is it something you're given a different opportunity for that, well, that, that very short period of time that you were signed for, with the Atlantic Havoc? Yes, so the Grizzlies did exist the following year, you know, at that time, I was in contract talks with uh, Albany mm-hmm. and, and a couple other teams. But okay. the, the issue at the time was they didn't know if the CBA was going to get passed. Yes. And then obviously having four teams, they didn't know if they were going to be able to make the league like run and things like that. So I had basically made my decision that I'm going to the AFL. And then I was just waiting back for confirmation. Okay. So in the meantime, the Atlanta Havoc, who was part of the, who are now the Carolina Havoc and is in the American Arena League. Uh, my former head coach of the Grizzlies, Josh Rezanalo, who now coaches the Cobras uh, over in Greensboro in the NAL, he was the head coach, or he was he was helping out. Uh, I want to say he was our offensive coordinator. He's the offensive coordinator. Okay. Um, and we had a great relationship, and I told him, man, I was like, look, you know, I'm only 30 minutes from practice, like, I will, I'll come play with you guys until it's time to go. And then if I don't leave, then I'll just play the entire season with you guys, no problem, because it was the opportunity to stay home and, uh, you know, be around my family and have my family come see me play. So that's the route we did. And after the first game, I remember Coach Keith and Coach Moss texting me saying, hey, we're a go. And uh, I was released immediately to go to the AFL. Uh, you're, you're talking about uh, – it's very interesting to hear that you had – your initial sights on and your contact about the uh, playing in the AFL. Who originally contacted you about playing in the AFL, and then was it always going to be the Albany Empire, or had another team reached out to you? I mean, I know there are only four teams at that time, but uh, had any any other team showed interest in you? Yes. So actually, the brigade reached out to me in January of 2017. Yes, 2017. And but I was already enrolled to finish my degree, so I obviously couldn't leave. Um, you know, I didn't want to leave school again. So, but after that, they reached out again. The Valor also reached out into the Empire. Um, I was going back and forth, and 
had really good conversations with Coach Keith and Coach Moss, and I really appreciated the energy that they brought to every conversation and just the fact that they wanted me to come there. And then I just kind of fell in love with the idea of playing in Albany, mm-hmm. just with everything they were saying, being the, being the only professional sports team in the area, uh, a smaller market. So we wouldn't have to worry about, you know, the NFL teams, the NBA teams, the MLB teams, like the community really got behind it. Uh, I did my research with Eddie Brown and those guys mm-hmm. when they were playing and you can just see how electrifying the atmosphere was. So, I mean, after that, uh, it was really a no-brainer, man. And, and like I said, I could not be more happy that I decided to go to Albany. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think the fans in Albany, too, were. I mean, I think everybody across the AFL was also. Because um, it, it, we, we were saying, and I'm going to ask you this now because I'm curious to know what your thought was. I mean, obviously, as a football player, you, you want to do your best wherever you're, wherever you're going. Uh, in your honest opinion, Malachi, if you had gone to any other city, do you think you would have been able to do as well as you did and succeed as much as you did in Albany? Um, I mean, it's a good question. You know, I think at the end of the day that I would still would have applied the same work ethic, like you said, and, and the same values that I had and brought it every week. But, you know, I tell people all the time, I could not have written a better script yeah. for my time in Albany. I mean, you get, you know, Coach Moss, who's been in, arena football for 30 plus years, win championships, coach Keith, Mm -hmm. electrifying personality, always (laughs) energized. Like he's won championships. You get Tommy Grady, arguably one of the best quarterbacks in arena football history. As I get this guy for my first and second year, had the opportunity to play with Joe Hills, Mm -hmm. Colin Taylor's the, the Ryan caves, the Moki Ruffins. I mean, the, the, um, Michael Benson's, I mean, literally like, playing with some of the best guys who have ever played indoor man and literally like like i said i i can't i have to pinch myself sometimes literally i mean <laughs> some of the throws that tommy was making when i was playing <laughs> as a rookie it, it was ridiculous <laughs> like you know and like i said it's just i'm sure i would have had success wherever i ended up but i the the amount of success that i had and the things that we were able to do as a team in the community, like Albany was by far probably, or Albany was by far the best place for me. Um, you, you coming from indoor football, I have to at least ask you this, coming from indoor football into the Arena Football League game, were there any changes or anything that you had to get used to from playing in high country versus playing in Albany and the, and the AFL? Yes, um, the skill level. Um, and no knock on the NAL, but the skill level was a step up in the AFL. You know, you have guys like James Romain, Varmasoni that are guarding you that have been doing it for years. And uh, you have very active Jack linebackers like Terrence Moore, Eric Goosby, uh, Alvin Ray Jackson, you know, those type of guys. And just like I said, just the guys that are very talented in that league. And obviously you have to bring your A game. And then also think that, you had to be even more meticulous with your route running and like entering at certain angles and understanding what the defense is trying to do. Um, Cause I remember early on, especially in that first game against Philadelphia, there was times where I was just so, I was like, wow, I've never seen this coverage and I've been playing the game for a year, yeah. you know, and, and things like that, you know? So I think at the AFL level, they were able to do a lot more and that's something I definitely had to get adjusted to. And I wanted to do it quickly. So, okay. 
And you did. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you adjusted. Um, was there anything that you experienced in the AFL? I mean, having played in numerous leagues, outdoor, indoor, that you liked better than than other leagues, or or something you know that you might like adapted to the outdoor game at all? Uh, one thing I loved about the AFL and then just Albany itself, man, was just the support we got around town. I mean, right. literally. You know, we would do appearances, but we would go to Blaze Pizza, which was one of our sponsors. And there's always somebody saying, hey, like, can't wait to see the next game. Or, oh, my gosh, like, you guys had a great game. Or Malachi, I can't believe you caught, you know, those two catches you caught over the wall were, like, awesome and and things like that, man. So that town really, really was devoted to the team. And, you know, like I said, 10,000 plus every home game, you couldn't ask for a better place to play at just because, like I said, it's so electrifying. You know, you make a big play, you make a big catch, and the crowd's going nuts. It just fuels the team. And, you know, I think that's why we won a lot of our games, Um, just because the environment I felt like was so hard to play in for the opposing team, just because, like I said, it was it was so passionate, uh, so electrifying, man. And and just overall, I just loved being in that community and just doing the things that we did as a team just because they were so appreciative of it. But we also wanted to, as players, to know that we appreciate the fans as well, and we definitely wanted to give back. So speaking of the arena, did you and the rest of the team ever feel that playing at home was a serious advantage? I mean, if we look at the stats, you guys won almost every home game through (laughs) through both years. But did you actually feel like it was an advantage? Oh, absolutely. I mean, literally... You know, the crowd's going. There's been times that the opposing teams couldn't get a, a signal in or maybe they couldn't get a check-in because the crowd was being so loud. Um, obviously, with the new turf and things of that nature and the facility being as nice as it was, you know, it was just a great place to play in. You felt comfortable um, and all that good stuff. And then obviously, you know, just being in the facility and we had the luxury of practicing on our actual field a majority of the season. So you definitely get a feel for like, okay, if I run this route into the corner and I go over the wall, like I'll be fine. Like I know how to like gauge it or I can jump over this part of the wall and not hit certain parts of the bleachers where with other teams they had to practice. Yeah. Like, and with other teams, they had to practice like outside or in different, you know, facilities and things like that because the arena wasn't always available. But I would say for a solid 80% of the time, uh, I was in Albany. The arena was always available for us. We had our meetings there, our practices. And just like I said, when you can practice on your field in that surface and in, in that environment, literally all the time, uh, it definitely gives you an advantage. And yeah. After guess, that. Oh, sorry. John, oh, it's OK. I was just going to say, yeah, I guess I could see that, especially planning when and when not to or trying to avoid the bleachers because for example i had visited and spent some time at the washington valor facilities and they were just practicing with uh inflated balloons for the most part i don't know what the correct yeah. term is but yeah <laughs> I, was, yeah. I was wondering like after last season um we've seen teams and situations that the afl has been in where like a team hasn't come back and you know after a championship win and there's always like this uncertainty like are they gonna get their rings like especially this time because the league went under and I was so happy that you guys got your rings. I'm curious, like, did you know that was going to happen? Did you doubt that was going to happen? What did it mean to you that you actually got it? Yeah, no, we, so after when we, when the news broke, obviously like, you know, you have no idea what's going to happen. Do you think like the players are still going to be accounted for when it comes to rings? Cause I remember 
I want to say DJ Stevens, uh, one of my, one of the teammates from Albany this past year. He was part of that San Jose team. Yeah. That won. yeah. Uh, I, I forgot which year it was, but they they didn't end up getting rings. Oh, and eight. I felt bad. Oh, it was 08? Yeah. So I, I was like, oh, like I feel bad for those guys because now they're going to be part of two instances where now they don't get <laughs> God, rings. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's a terrible feeling. But, yeah, no, when the news kind of broke that the ownership was going to take care of it, man, you know, I – that's why that's why I will always consider Albany home just because it wasn't just about what I did on the field or what we did as players on the field. Like those those ownership guys did their absolute best to make sure that we were accounted for while we were playing and then also off the field. They they made an effort to uh meet with us and kind of just hang out with us outside, you know, at community events and appearances and things like that. So for like Dan Nolan and and the rest of those guys to really step up and do did what they did, um, you know we we could have not have asked for a better group of people to play for uh, a better ownership. You know, like I said, those guys are great, and we 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 thank them from the bottom of our hearts for the for the rings. Where do you keep your ring? Do you wear it often, or you just do you have it in one of those uh, IKEA detolf with with uh, <laughs> with uh, you know spotlights on it? <laughs> yeah. So unfortunately, I have not had a chance to show off my ring due to the current uh, circumstances with the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. So right now, it's sitting in its case. But the first opportunity that I get, I will definitely wear it. And if I ever go back to Albany for any reason, it will definitely be worn. Nice. That's cool. Um, obviously in, uh, in 2018, you know, you made a, a huge difference and it just showed by them awarding you with the, the rookie of the year in 2018. So you're basically, you're now a back to back, uh, you know, major award winner. Um, also besides rookie of the year, you also won AFL wide receiver of the year. Uh, to be honest, Malachi, did you think that you would make that much of an impact, not only necessarily with the players, but also with the, the people who voted you in on these, on these major awards? I mean, it's, uh, you know, going into it, you know, obviously you you work hard and you want those kind of accolades. But, you know, it's all kind of like in due time. You know, I thought I was going to have to work my way in and kind of, like I said, keep my head down, work hard. And, and I knew the accolades and all that great stuff would come. But yeah. for it to happen in my first year, uh, I, I was definitely uh, surprised just because, you know, going into that first game against Philadelphia, I wasn't really playing i want to say i was the fourth or fifth receiver on the depth chart because we had so many like great vets uh you know joe hill or i'm sorry not joe wasn't there yet but we had colin taylor uh doug mcneil Mm -hmm. greg carr you know all those guys who have been well established in the arena football league so i thought my rookie year i was gonna get an opportunity to really learn how to play the game and but i also knew like when the opportunity was presented that i was going to take full advantage of it and, uh, you know, I'm so I'm so glad that that I, I was able to. And then a lot of people don't understand, like, you know, obviously my play was great on the field. But, you know, when you got a guy like Joe Hills that's literally attracting three DBs every time he goes deep and I was able to catch the, the check down and just happen to go 40 for the rest of the touchdowns, man. You know, I appreciate guys like that, like the Colin Taylors who drew attention and obviously, you know, being a rookie nobody really knowing who I am they kind of was like okay we'll we'll let him go and then we'll take care of Joe and Colin Taylor and all those great guys so um and then obviously Tommy putting the ball exactly where I needed to be literally every time that the ball was in the air uh definitely made my job very easy so but yeah just um 
like I said, man, I attribute those accolades to my teammates and my coaches just because, like I said, I wouldn't be able to do the things that I was able to do without them. Uh, you, we mentioned it, I think mentioned here a few times, but we want to uh, know what you thought as as a player going into that very first game. Because you were mentioning about the, the Philadelphia game, there was so much hype for this for the very first game for the return of arena football to Albany for the first time in in almost you know basically in twenty years. Um, you're going to have Eddie Brown there. You're going to have uh, Antonio Brown there, uh, and just the return itself. Were you? What were you thinking as a player going into that game about what was going to be occurring? Because obviously, I know players can can try to separate themselves and get you know get into game mode for a game. But being that there was so much pop and circumstance for that game itself, Malachi, was it easy to stay in game mode, or it was like you were like sort of peeking over and saying and just seeing what was happening with with Eddie and Antonio? Yeah, no, I I definitely feel like as athletes. You know, we do a great job of kind of separating the noise, you know. So I know guys, obviously, you know, during the week, we would hear all these things. And like I said, being in the community, people would say, like, oh, my gosh, I can't wait to go to the game. Can't wait to see Eddie Brown. Right. You know, we haven't seen arena football since I was a child, like all that great stuff. But, yeah, I think we did a great job of just kind of like separating the noise. But obviously for a guy like me who was new to Albany and new to the AFL and things like that, you know, obviously, you know, I I had the opportunity to really, I wanted to soak it all in just because I had never played in that environment. And just to know that what they were able to do back when they played with the Firebirds and all that great stuff, you know, obviously as a player, as an organization, you want to replicate it. And, you know, you kind of just keep all that stuff in the back of the mind. But obviously when the, when we came out the tunnel, and, you know, I remember looking up and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like there's not an empty seat in the house. Like, like, what, <laughs> like what is this is like really like this is arena football. Like this just isn't like another league where people just come in and watch the game. Like people really love the brand of football that was played in Albany. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. And I have to ask you because I think all of us have talked about it before because all, you know, all three of us were there for that very first game. What 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 was your reaction to the crowd? Because John Ben and I will all will always say that that's probably one of the loudest crowds that we have heard in an arena football arena in the in a long long time. Yeah, that was insane. Yeah, no, you uh, nothing but chills. You know, literally, uh, I just remember like being out there and like I said, soaking it all in. But literally, like the crowd, like right before kickoff and. You know, we got the we got the music pumping and, you know, everybody's jumping up and down. Got, you know, the shakers and the towels going and all that great stuff. It was literally like a movie. And, you know, just looking back on it, man, it was just such a, a great feeling to be like, you know what? Like this is this is something that I can definitely get used to. This is something that I can definitely like w- would want to be a part of. And like I said, Albany did such a great job just with how everything was done. And like I said, I could not be more happy that I decided to go there and play. But, but yeah. Now we, we have to at least ask, because obviously 2019, uh, sorry, 2018 did not finish the way that you had hoped. And I'm sure a lot of Albany fans did not either. What was, uh, what was your, your reaction when, and obviously we know anything can happen in football on any given day, but how, just to be honest, how devastating was the loss to the valor knowing that you weren't you were this close in going to the arena bowl and, and considering how the playoffs were done that year and, and and losing by that few points to just to move on 
Oh, it was extremely devastating just because we didn't even prep for that. Like, it was literally like, we're going to go in here, uh, handle our business, and we're going to host the Arena Bowl. Um, you know, looking back on it, you know, it proved to us that it doesn't matter what your record is on any given day, you can win a football game. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's definitely something that we took as a team and it just kind of like marinated on us the entire off season. Okay. And then for the guys that came back and then for when I had the opportunity to come back, I mean, obviously the, the hashtag unfinished business, we literally, we saw it everywhere and it was a motto that we took to heart. And we knew that we had the team to make it to the arena bowl and not only make it, but win it. So, um, but yeah, it's all, it's all a learning thing, man. You know, you had the opportunity to go through life and, you know, you win some, you lose some, but it just made the 2019 championship that much sweeter, Yeah, you know, and having that opportunity to play once again in front of our fans and then win in the fashion that we did. Uh, it was a great feeling. Are you a player that has a long memory? Do you, I mean, because there's something like a loss like that. Is it, you know, because they always say some players will say, well, you know, it was that that was last week. We're not moving on the next week. But, you know, it's always in your mind. Something like that throughout your football career. Have you been able to forget the, the ones that you don't want to remember and focus on something else? Or are they always back there? I think they're always with you. But you got to, as an athlete, you have to be able to kind of like censor it so like for example like every time we played the valor in 2019 i had that i remember i caught the ball and i got tackled like two yards in front of the first down marker yeah and i remember like this was it like that was that was the game the horn went off and literally like everybody was just like in such disbelief so i knew for every time we played the valor i didn't want that feeling again and then it literally just kind of like stuck with me in the back of my head but not to the point where it consumed me and kind of uh had me play out of character or anything like that mm -hmm. anything like that so but yeah I, I definitely feel like you always hold those type of experiences close to your heart but if you do it right you know you use it as motivation and then it's just always a constant reminder you know kind of like even when you're up if you're up a couple couple possessions like uh no like they were able to come back and beat us a year ago so Let's keep the, the foot on the on the gas and like keep it going. And obviously in triple zeros on the board, we can relax. Yeah. So um, obviously from what you did in 2018, you uh, you made a name for yourself and you got, uh, you know, you, you some eyes perked up in the NFL. Uh, you were signed by the Chicago Bears. Um, how, how did that come about? And uh, how was the transition back to the outdoor game for you? Yeah, so. Uh, like you said, I was received uh, the opportunity to play with the Bears. It was absolute huge blessing. It was something that I was striving for since I started playing arena football, which was the opportunity to get back in, into the NFL and play and have the opportunity to compete and go through a training camp and all that great stuff. So, But, uh, yeah, so after the season was over with, I want to say it was like four days later, um, I know Coach Moss and Coach Keefe were reaching out to teams along with my agent. And, you know, obviously Matt Nagy being an arena football guy and having a lot of arena football guys on his staff, you know, Coach Fury and, and Chris Jackson was also up there at the time. You know, those guys gave me the opportunity to come in and, and work out for him and then, you know, killed the workout and it led to a contract, man. So uh, I was extremely happy that that happened. And like I said, just extremely blessed to have the opportunity to finally, finally put on a uniform and like, be in the locker room with those guys and, and play at that level and all that great stuff. Ah, 
so glad to get out of that dang time travel machine. Where'd you go? I went back to the 80s to grab some of that good, good sports merch from my favorite defunct franchises. I spent my life savings on that machine. You bought a time travel machine to buy sports merchandise? Yeah, gladly. You know you could have gone to 503 Sports, right? The, the website? Uh, yeah, no, I didn't think of that at all. Yeah, they sell all sorts of throwback sports merch from leagues like the World Football League, XFL, UFL, and the Arena Football League, several others. Uh, oh, shoot. Yeah, they sell hats, shirts, even custom jerseys from all sorts of vintage sports teams. Oh, man, I spent, like, a lot of money on that time travel machine. Well, look, listeners of AFL Rewind get 10% off their first order by using the promo code ARENAFAN at checkout. That might help you out. Yeah, it does. Go on over to 503-sports.com and, and get your merch today. Do you know anyone who wants to buy, like, a overpriced time travel machine? No, no, sorry, I, I don't. The Arena Football Hall of Fame has returned, and we want you to become a part of the family. Introducing the Arena Football Hall of Fame Patreon. Whether an all-star or a Hall of Famer, our reasonably priced tiers each have their own exclusive perks. Early access to the AFL Rewind podcast, honorary selection committee member, and much more. Help us build a Hall of Fame we'll all be proud of. Head to patreon.com slash Fame to join um, 2019, uh, you know, the opportunity to play in the new AAF, um, uh, what, uh, what made you switch to a, uh, to a brand new league? Cause obviously with the stuff that we saw for you for the AAF, uh, you were centered on quite a bit. I mean, it's some of the videos that we saw, it, it seemed like you were the leader for the Atlanta legends. Um, what was, uh, how did your, how, how did your, uh, your contract come about for, for the legends and joining the AAF? Yes. So Brad Childress, who was an offensive assistant at the time with the bears when I was out there for training camp, mm-hmm. uh, he became the new head coach for the Legends. So I remember, uh, I was actually in Albany and I got a phone call saying, Hey, this is Brad Childress or coach Childress. I'm like, Hey, like, Hey coach, like, how you doing? You know, all that great stuff. And he was like, just, just want to let you know, I'm the head coach of the Atlanta legends. And I remember he was on the phone, the general manager and Michael Vick was on the phone. And I was like, whoa, like Michael Vick's on this call. Like, what, what's, like, what's, what's going on here? And literally he was like, yeah, like, I want you, I want you to be a part of our team. And it was a no brainer for me because at the time, you know, I think it was like $250,000 for three years. Um, you know, the, the money was looking really good. And then obviously the opportunity to play at home, yeah. you know, the practice facility was at Milton High School, which is like five minutes from my house, and we met maybe 15 minutes from my house. I mean, literally could not have asked for a better place and opportunity to play. Like I said, stay at home, be close to home, and play for the home team. But, yeah, just uh, being a being a hometown guy, you know, I remember going to the front office and just telling them, like, hey, if you guys need help with anything, marketing, and, you know, anything of that nature, I'm your guy. Just, like, please don't hesitate to call me. And uh, that's something that the front office staff uh, really appreciated. And I still keep in touch with some of those guys. And uh, but, yeah, it kind of it, it started with the uniform reveal and and kind of ran from there. And, and, you know, I was lucky enough to be a team captain and all that great stuff. So uh, it was definitely definitely a fun time uh, playing with the Legends. Was it any different playing with a brand new league or did, did that not really enter your mind? Because, you know, sometimes you. You start with a new league, and, and there are certain issues. Obviously, we know what would happen to the AAF, but 
Uh, did it just seem like normal football operations to you? No, absolutely. You know, I think the Alliance League did a great job of uh, putting a product on the field. You know, as players, you don't really hear too much about the stuff going on behind the scenes until it actually happens. But right. up and up until that point, you know, we were playing professional football with, you know, guys that were very capable of playing in the NFL. We had uh, coaches who were very capable of coaching in the NFL or had coached in the NFL. And like I said, it was very professionally ran, especially in Atlanta. Um you know, just from everything we did from the living arrangements for the guys that lived out of town to how we conducted meetings and practice and things like that. You know, it was definitely something that I appreciated because, like you said, you never know how a new league is going to start out. Right. And um, the front office staff, the coaches, the management, all for the legends, did, in my opinion, did a wonderful job. Um, I think the big question now that we want to ask after the after the. Uh, the season was cut short for the AF and they suspended operations. Uh, I'm sure all three of us want to know is were you originally at the end of the AF season, had the league not folded, were you still going to be coming back to Albany? <laughs> so it's definitely something that I wanted to do just to obviously come back and play and all that great stuff. But I realized when I signed my contract, it was a three-year deal. Okay. So I was not going to be able to play with Albany no matter how much I wanted to and no matter how much I tried right. to uh, convince uh, management and things like that. But, yeah, no, uh, up until up until we actually stopped playing there, I wouldn't have been able to play with the Empire for at least three years. Okay, okay. Um, but as I said, uh, uh, I guess good thing can can come out of of, of a league folding. Uh, you did return to the Albany Empire. I mean, well, once you, uh, I would imagine the first call you may have gotten after the after the news broke that the AAF had folded was, I'm sure, either either it was Coach Keefe or somebody else in the organization, right? Oh yes, Tommy Grady, <laughs> first first guy to reach out. <laughs> but yeah, no, they. Uh, I mean, literally, Coach Keefe, Coach Moss. Uh, reached out immediately as well, and and a bunch of the guys, you know, Colin Taylor and all those great guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was a no brainer. I already knew where I was going as soon as the news broke. Yeah. Um, and obviously, 2019, uh, a very, uh, I'm sure, a very memorable season for you because I know we talked about it earlier with the rings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing I, I at least want to ask about too, because it is part of your your indoor career. Uh, is the uh, you were lucky enough to be part of a, a documentary that was filmed by Ben through a fifty yard, a fifty yard dash? Uh, what was your what was your experience and and what was your first reaction when you got the uh, I guess got the idea from Ben that he wanted to make you the center point of a of a mini documentary? Yeah, no, first of all, and I just want to say real quick, Ben, thank you to this day. Every time I see you, I'm going to say thank you because <laughs> you did such a wonderful job with that. And just telling my story, man, I, I could not have asked for a better person to tell my story in the fashion that you did, man. So once again, thank you. Me and my family, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Oh, I appreciate that, that, man. It was it was such a great experience doing that with you. And, and I appreciated that you you opened up like that and, um, you know, helped promote it. And, and I just felt like it was the perfect synergy. The fact that that stuff ended up getting on ESPN was just yeah. the perfect icing on the cake. Yeah, man. No, no it, was, it was awesome. But yeah, when... I remember when I was approached about it, I was kind of caught off guard. I was like, I've been in the league for like a year. And there's guys, <laughs> <laughs> there's guys that have been playing for 10 years. They don't have documentaries. Like I, I saw, uh, you know, obviously the one he did for the empire of the empire state uh, from when we came back and then the TT Tolliver one, I was like, Oh, like this guy is awesome. Like I would love, 
to have an opportunity to do a documentary with this guy and then and then the opportunity actually came so but uh but yeah no I was more than happy to do it just because like I said I I was a fan of Ben's work and just the things that he was able to do um and all that great stuff and obviously just having my story told you know is is something that I think uh you know it's a great story you know I I think um you know a lot of people for who are kind of like in my shoes, just kind of like going through the path that I did, you know, I, I just want to provide them with like a, a little bit of hope, man, just knowing that if you continue to work hard and keep your head down, stay focused and, you know, um, keep the Lord, you know, strong and faithful in your life, man, that you can accomplish a lot of great things. So, so what I, I really have to know, and uh, uh, so how he has been as a director? <laughs> <laughs> Ben is, he needs to be doing bigger films, man, because he did not provide me any headaches. It was literally <laughs> like, all right, Malachi, we're coming this day after practice. Boom, boom, boom. We literally, I remember we sat down in the middle of the field and he asked me a variety of questions and none of them were unexpected. None of it was off the wall. I mean, literally, you know, very professionally ran. And like I said, Ben did a wonderful job you know, just with conducting, uh, conducting the interview and things like that. And obviously the, the finished product, uh, was awesome. Yeah. And, and, uh, I'll see for, for the first time, Malachi on a drone shot. Hey, who would have thought? <laughs> yeah. Flying the drone inside the stadium. That was, that, that was, was awesome. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah. And, uh, I mean, even to this day for me, and I know we're going to the, to the, what, where you are currently, but when I'm trying to, I knew, how special you are as a wide receiver, Malachi. And when, if I were to, if, being where I am located and, and where you currently are in your football career, I wanted people to know specifically about this guy, Malachi Jones, who, who I'm hoping will make a name for himself in the CFL. So what did I do? I linked Ben's, Ben's video of his documentary and I said, this is the guy that y- you need to keep an eye on. So that's, I, you know, if it wasn't for, for you and then it wasn't for Ben asking you to do what he did, I, I wouldn't have been able to to show uh, the the fans now, uh, you know, this guy, this new wide receiver named Malachi Jones. So it's funny. It's like you make something like that. It, it is a, a time capsule of your career to that point. Yeah. And then it's like, all right, well, he wins the Arena Bowl. What do I got to edit that onto the end? Now he's in, <laughs> going to the CFL. I guess I could do a, an update. Yeah, we'll have to do a sequel one day. There you go. I was gonna say, yeah, there's a part two in the making, man. That's coming, so just have your phone ready. When, or right, just call me you. when you're ready. Yeah, you but, uh, but like you said, man, it's it's something that you know. Obviously, you know the product itself was great, but like you said, I can show my kids that mm-hmm. 10, 20 years from now and be like, you know, your dad was kind of cool back in the day. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I love to hear that. Yeah, if, if there if there is a part two, I'm flying next time because I'm I'm I, again I I am sick of hitting geese. No more. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> no more hitting geese. <laughs> um, in obviously in 2019, yeah, you ended up you know your first championship and uh, arena ball champion. Uh, got your ring as we mentioned before. Uh, you were also graced with being not only. The wide receiver of the year. You also were graced with being the offensive player of the year. I know when uh, Ben and I were talking with our, our year-end awards, we we felt you were a uh, uh, at least a contender for for the MVP. But um, I, I, now three years in a row, Malachi, you've come away with some major awards. Um, mm-hmm. it, 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 are, are you the type of player? 
and I've talked with Asky this before, but are you the type of player who lets stats and accolades uh, affect who you are as a player, or does it just just really does it does it make you a player who just wants to do even better? No, I, I think uh, I'm not even worried about the accolades, man. I, I think what I take pride in is just coming to work every day and making sure that I'm being the best player I can be on and off the field for the organization that I'm with. Yeah. You know, my dad used to always tell me like, you know, just do your best, play as hard as you can and the accolades and all that great stuff will come. You know, um, if you're worried about the accolades, if you're worried like, Oh, like I didn't get six catches today or like, I didn't get my hundred yards. Like you're going to be consumed with it to the point where you're going to lose focus. Right. So, um, I definitely just, like I said, I just go out there and play as hard as I can, try to do my job to the best of my ability. And like I said, I, I've been in some positions to where the league and, and my peers have felt that I was deserving of the awards. And like I said, I'm very appreciative for those people. And like I said, it's it's a team award. I'm just an individual recipient, man. So, but uh, but yeah, that's that's my whole mentality when it comes to that type of thing. Now, I can tell you this, and I know you said you're, you're not a big guy when it comes to accolades and stuff, but I at least have, have to mention because you were talking about Joe Hills before, uh, at the end of the 2019 season, Malachi, you were uh, you had at that time you were the uh, second longest active streak for tu- for consecutive games with a touchdown at 24. If I'm not mistaken, I think you ha- had a touchdown in every single game uh, that that you start that you that you started because again you had 24 straight games in the regular season with a touchdown and that that's you know. That's not a slouch at all. I mean, considering that's hard to do even today in pro football. Yeah, no, I uh, I remember seeing that. I remember Coffee Coffee Jones tweeting that, and I was like, oh wow, <laughs> like I I didn't even know like I was you know on that level as far as just like the second active street because obviously like you know when you play with a guy like Joe Hills yeah. and, and you see his resume, I don't even remember it was like 107 or 110 straight games like that's just so like you know for me to be like i cannot i can't believe that you know 24 is nothing <laughs> like to a guy like that but yeah i mean it it like i said it, i didn't even really know you know i i kind of just was like oh wow like that's that's kind of cool yeah you know just to just to see so um bring us through arena uh, arena the arena Bowl. bring us through the arena Bowl championship uh in that game because you know, you it was uh, as you said. This year was unfinished business to get to the Arena Bowl. You know, to try to sort of get to the place that you were stopped from doing from in in 2018. Um, tell us about your day going into the Arena Bowl and uh, uh, what was your what was your mindset? Yeah, so I remember. Uh, so Colin Taylor and I were roommates. So um, I remember I woke up and every game, every game day, I I wake up like around nine. And uh, I'll get my oatmeal with peanut butter, and then I'll take a little bit of a nap. And I remember driving to the field with Colin Taylor and just like, you know, like, we're here. <laughs> like, you know, we got to handle business. And I just remember, like, in the back of my head, like, there was guys like Tommy Grady and Colin Taylor who uh, haven't won a ring. Yeah. And we had a lot of those guys on our on our team. So I knew at that standpoint that I didn't care what the stats looked like. Um, I didn't care how we got it. I just wanted to make sure that those guys got a ring because they were so deserving of it. So I just remember like just going into it like I would any game, but also like, like I said, at the same time, just soaking it all in because, you know, you never know when you're going to get back to another championship atmosphere, another championship opportunity. So, 
Um, but yeah, man, it's something that I'll hold tight to my heart for the rest of my life. And, you know, it'd be something I'd be able to share years down the road, you know, with my teammates and, and like I said, family members, my children, all that great stuff, man. So, but yeah, it was, uh, definitely a day to remember. All you have to do is just go to YouTube and then the game's right there. So you'll be able to relive it over and over again. So that's, <laughs> yeah. that, that's, that's the good thing about technology today. So, um, it's tell, and if you can, if you can mm-hmm. tell us some, tell us about the the locker room afterwards because you know uh, you know fans they only were able to see what we could on television after they awarded the trophy and, and the uh, the championship belt. But uh, tell us a little bit about if you can uh, about what the locker room was like afterwards and and what may have been told to you by uh, by the coaches or, or Coach Keith. Yeah, just you know, obviously the the locker room was ecstatic. You know, we we got the champagne going. You know, everybody's going crazy, and just it was just finally that moment where everybody took a deep breath and like exhaled. Mm-hmm. You know, the entire season, you know, we were so like focused on what we needed to do, and and we never wanted to let up. And at that moment, we, you know, Keith came in there and gave a speech and told us how proud he was. It was like the all of the team and the organization just gave a huge exhale and just knew that we could finally relax. We could finally have the opportunity to celebrate a championship and just look back on everything that we had been through as a team. And just, like I said, it was, it was mind boggling at times. Some of the stuff that has happened just with like some of the games we were playing in and, you know, some of the outcomes and all that great stuff. But yeah, man, everybody was just, you know, everybody was ecstatic, especially those guys who had never won a ring, man. You know, I was just so happy for those guys. And like I said, it was a, uh, it was a great night. Tell us a little bit about coach Keith. We, and we know he's, uh, he is, he, he is very, uh, a lot of energy. The dude has a lot of energy. And we've seen some, <laughs> some of his pregame speeches. I remember the one that, that Ben shot for, for the, uh, for the, for the empire, um, a documentary at the beginning of the 2018 season and, and his speech right before the, the very first game. Tell us a little bit about Coach Keith. What what type of, of head coach is Coach Keith? Uh, he's a player's coach. You know, definitely somebody that, you know, Coach Keith reminds me of a Dabo Sweeney, just somebody that guys naturally gravitate to just because he's such, he has so much energy and, you know, he's relatively young. Mm-hmm. So he can still, like, there's times that he's gone there and, like, run practice or run routes just because he could do it, you know, and he was still able to move pretty well and all that great stuff. But, no, I'm, like I said, definitely a guy that cares about his players, cares about his team, and just puts his, his best effort and his best foot forward, man. You know, Keith, literally there were times where, like, I remember the DBs would meet for, like, what it felt like hours on hours. But at the end of the day, those DBs were always prepared and, like, always ready to go, especially in the later part of the season because Coach had threw so many reps, so many clips at them that they were ready to go. I mean, literally, like, anything that was thrown at them, they had already seen it, and they were ready to make a play on it. So, I mean, I, I love Coach Keith to death, man. You know, anything that man ever needs from me, he just has to reach out and call me because I wouldn't be where I am without his help and uh, a lot of people along the way, man. So, but, yeah, you know, Coach Keith is a great coach, and I'm glad that we got him another championship. Um, tell us about the uh, the parade itself. I mean, it's uh, I don't remember the one in in '99. I wasn't able to attend that one. Um, but uh, tell us about the the reaction from the from the community for that uh, for the I guess the parade and then the 
the joining down near the, the spot where they always seem to have the, the great block parties right near the, the Times Union Center and being able to uh, give your accolades to, to the crowd for, for your championship. Yeah, no, it was great, man. You know, just to, uh, like I said, go out there and, and finally kind of experience that just because as a player, you know, obviously you never get to go to the block party, but you always hear how awesome the block parties are. So, like, obviously we wanted an opportunity to kind of just enjoy ourselves. And I thought they did a great job just with how they ran it, you know, having given us the opportunity to stand on stage and uh, a couple guys got to say a few words and just seeing the support and the reaction of people. Uh, in the crowd, man, was second to none. Um, you know, I was mad that uh, the weather didn't quite permit with us. Yeah. You know, it was cut a little bit short because literally a storm, I remember, came out of nowhere. Like, <laughs> and just started dumping rain on the parade. But overall, like I said, it was a great experience. Uh, I'm so glad we had the opportunity to interact with the fans in that kind of way. And like I said, give that community, give that town a championship. Okay. So what was your favorite, the trophy or the belt? I have to ask. <laughs> oh, the belt for sure. <laughs> I remember like trying to put it around my waist. And obviously I'm not the biggest of guys. So it like just slipped through. But like guys like Ryan Cave and the offensive lineman, they were able to put it on like they were a WWE wrestler. And it looked so, I was like, man, I wish I could do that. <laughs> but it, uh, the belt, man, I thought it was a great addition. You know, um, don't get me wrong. The, the championship, the championship trophy itself was awesome. And, uh, I didn't know it was that heavy. It was, it's actually very heavy. Um, and both the belt, too, is very heavy. But, yeah, man, I, I uh, definitely like the belt uh, better better of the two. Yeah. So um, Obviously, it's funny you said raining on the parade and stuff like that. Obviously, there were dark clouds coming uh, for the Arena Football League. Um, where were you, Malachi, when you heard that the Arena Football League was not going to be returning in 2019? And had you heard any rumblings before you heard, got you got that call? So I was I was in Albany and I want to say I was in my apartment and I remember the night before my girlfriend was saying, "Hey, there's like going to be a big meeting tomorrow." Like, you know, so she was ex- I was expecting good news and then she I remember she texted me and said, "Hey, just we all just kind of like lost our jobs." And I was like, "Wait, what?" Like, so literally came out of left field. I mean, I didn't really hear too much about it prior to that, yeah. hearing it from my girlfriend and then obviously seeing it um, like on Twitter and then uh, having it be confirmed. But yeah, I, I literally was just hanging out in my apartment. And like I said, I got that text message saying that the league was done. And I, I was in disbelief just because the league was like on its way up. You know, we went from four teams to six. Yeah. Um, the product they put on the field was, was great. And everybody seemed like they were on the right path to bring it back to what it was mm-hmm. um, in years prior. Yeah. So. yeah that's it. And that's what Ben, John and I have said too, is that we, we felt that 2019 probably was one of the best seasons that we've seen in quite a long time. And it was just uh, an utter shock, I think to everybody who, who really followed and loved the game as much as, as everybody did for, you know, for the head coaches, the players, the fans themselves. So um, it, from there, uh, it, you know, I guess as we, we mentioned before, you know, bad things turn into good things for you. Uh, we're, we're going to your next part of your career. Uh, where, um, uh, with the demise of the, of the AFL, uh, when did you get the call about the CFL? Had you, I mean, obviously you knew about the CFL before, um, but 
uh, when did you get the call about it? And uh, how many teams uh, were looking at you to, to come up north? So I, I was contacted shortly after the season um, about the CFL. And I didn't necessarily want to commit to anything yet because I had heard there was some interest from NFL teams. And then, you know, so I just wanted to give myself the opportunity to at least um, see those through. Right before I made any type of decisions and then obviously getting drafted in the XFL, you know, I had a, I had a decision to make. So, but, uh, but yeah, no, I I ultimately chose the CFL, you know, and I I can't wait for the opportunity to go up there and play. You know, I I definitely feel like um, that it fits my style of play just from transitioning from the arena football league uh, to the CFL. And then I've always been a fan of the CFL, you know, from what my dad used to tell me of his days in Winnipeg and then just, uh, I had a bunch of teammates, you know, playing the CFL, and I've all, like I said, I've always been a fan of it. And uh, to finally have the opportunity to go up there, man, you know, I was uh, very happy. Yeah. And obviously, the the story is to, you know, like like some uh, some some firsts of every movies. It's it's to be continued for you. Um, obviously, with the your next part of your career, we wish you nothing but the best. I'm looking forward to seeing you up here. Uh, and I can't wait to, to, to meet you at, uh, tr- at mini camp, uh, at rookie camp, whenever that does occur. But, um, uh, I think one of the things we want to make sure that we do ask you though, um, is that when it comes to the arena football league, Malachi, if you were to, to speak all the, f- uh, to the fans and, and, and to the coaches and to the players that you, that you played with over these past, you know, these past two years, um, w- what's one thing that you would want to, to let them know specifically? Just that I... I will forever love the AFL and I will forever miss it just because I, like I said, I would not be where I am today without the AFL period. Um, You know, I'm still in disbelief just because I know it's not coming back, at least not like it won't come back within a year or so or however long it is. But, you know, for those who are out there that, you know, are are feeling the same way that I am, I just want to say that, um, the Arena Football League provided a guy like me an opportunity to continue to do what he loved to do, which is play football. And at the end of the day, I'm as most happy as I can be on a football field. And, and to have the experience, experiences I've had, um, to have the success that I've had, championships and all that great stuff, man, you know, it uh, it's just such a great feeling it's it's surreal but also i'm so glad that i have met the people that i have along the way you guys the the colin taylors the tommy grady's the coach keeps uh you know all the fans that uh still keep in contact with me and who are you know always asking how how i'm doing and, and things like that you know ultimately you know i feel like in life when you make these relationships and you kind of just have the opportunity to get to know people and just kind of sit down and have a minute with them and just hear their stories and, and things like that. You know, there's nothing better in the world, man. And, and um, you know, they had the opportunity to go out there and play in front of the fan base that we had. And just, like I said, be a part of something so special. You know, I never never thought I was going to play arena football growing um, You know, I remember seeing it because Georgia, the Georgia Forest was a thing here when I was growing up. But mm-hmm. to, to actually play the game and I and literally experience the things that I have, you know, I would say by far – uh, it's the most fun I've had professionally. And I hope that arena football one day, the AFL can get back to where it was in years prior. And uh, hopefully something that I could possibly be a part of, 
uh, down the road, man. I, I would love to see a reboot and and be a part of it in some capacity, man. But yeah, like I said, love the Arena Football League, man. I will forever miss it. And um, but yes, um, we can say too is that uh, you know even with no AFL, uh, you will always be an Arena Bowl champion, Malachi. And as everybody is, whether you are a fan, a player, an executive, you will always be a part of the Arena Football family because. Uh, I've I've heard because I know I didn't play play football, but I know that you know you guys become can become very tight knit groups and you make friends for life. And as I said, you will always be a part of the Arena Football family. So we we really appreciate uh, you know you, we really appreciate what you did because you you put a lot of fun into the game. We and we we really did uh, watch. We loved watching you play. And uh, uh, again, we we wish you nothing but the the best in the future. No, and I appreciate that, man. I appreciate you guys having me on the show. And, and this is the kind of stuff I'm talking about, man. Just with arena football being, you, you're so interactive with the fan base and you have the opportunity to really get to know your fans and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was a special feeling just because you actually feel like you, you're you getting to touch people. You know, they don't just see you play on uh, the weekend. Like, they you, you have conversations with them. You know, I remember hanging out with some uh of the kids you know i would go to like do events and and things like that man so definitely those type of experiences are second to none something that i will always forever cherish uh and with my time in albany man but yeah no but thank you thank you for everything you guys have done and like like i said thank you for having me on the show ben john anything no i just appreciate it i mean I, i think when we look back at this last season yeah, it was the last season, but it was an amazing run, and I think everyone sort of agrees in the AFL world there was no better way for everything to go out. Um, if it did have to go out, at least it was with you know an Albany, an OG team, sold-out crowd. Just the vibe of that was so fundamentally AFL, and I was so you know glad to be a part of your journey along with these two seasons, documenting it, and I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll make that sequel soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely man and and also thank you john for those photos man those photos were awesome uh especially the, with the one looking at the championship banner i remember looking at that prior to the championship and just envisioning like our banner up there so um yeah, man. thank you yeah absolutely you're welcome i'm glad that photo ended up foreshadowing um and thank you for you know coming on here tonight and speaking with us and all the fans as well. It's great. And uh, I mean, like you're, you're a great friend and I hope we always all the three, four of us always keep in touch. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Maybe not Tim, but like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I, I think Malachi will get it tired of me after rookie camp. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, look, yeah. Look, anytime you guys want to come to a game, just let me know. That was an amazing interview. I mean, even though the gentleman was only in the league for two years, uh, it's great to, to get such a, a, a detailed story about his football career, isn't it, John? It is. And, you know, he really spared no expense. You know, he told us everything. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was actually great to hear. And uh, obviously we do thank Malachi. Uh, ben had to, had to depart uh, right after the, the interview itself. And we want to thank Ben. And obviously, John, it was great having you guys, having the team back together uh, on the podcast and, uh, obviously, we're we're looking. I'm looking forward to having you guys join us again. Uh, you know, on the podcast when whenever we get somebody somebody else that uh, uh, is of interest and you guys want to want to chime in. That's finding out about the history of the Arena Football League is 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 what we're going to be doing. So it's uh, uh, the more questions, the merrier, right? 
I mean, yeah, absolutely. It was great to have the boys back together and we were, you know, vibing. Everything was smooth. It felt like uh, we were throwing it back to AFL tonight last year. There you go. Um, Just want to remind everybody, uh, if you don't already know, uh, if you wanted to listen to the archive for... Uh, for uh, AFL Rewind or for some of the uh, of the old AFL Tonight uh, shows, uh, you can do so. There are multiple places where you can find us. Uh, you can look for us over on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and the uh, audio version over on YouTube. Um, but uh, again, uh, John, really appreciate your time and obviously – uh, hearing Malachi's story, it's uh, uh, and and uh, and everybody else that we've spoken with so far on the podcast, they've all expressed the exact same thing that they are going to miss the AFL and they're hoping somehow someday that the league will be able to come back in some shape or form. Oh man, how could you not? Really, yeah. I'm I'm hoping to. I agreed. Um, uh, so if you have any uh, questions, comments, concerns, or any suggestions on who you want us to have in future shows you can uh, email us at uh, aflrewind at arenafan.com but uh, again thanks for joining us and we would love to hear your feedback so for everybody here at at the afl rewind podcast for ben fratinelli for john stark i'm tim capper watch the rebound off the net (laughs) 